Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Raise the Apple. Welcome back, baseball. We have finally, after almost 100 days, a new CBA agreement for the next coming years. Finally. <laughs> Took The lockout started December 1st from the owners, and now baseball is finally back. Spring training started today. Games, spring training games, I believe, start next week. Opening day is 27 days away, beginning of April. The games that were canceled are now being made up as nine-inning doubleheaders throughout the year. What a offseason this was for Major League Baseball. We knew coming into the offseason that this CBA was could essentially make or break Major League Baseball, and... It almost broke it with, it might sound a little dramatic, but with everything that happened with the CBA talks, it almost killed baseball. But at the end of the day, the votes were in. We got baseball with some rule changes coming in 2022. Free agency is now open. Trades are now open. Nothing has really happened yet. Carlos Rodon is going to the Giants, which is a great deal for the Giants. Sucky for the Mets, who were looking for another arm. Now they're looking at probably Yusei Kikuchi or maybe trading with the Oakland A's for Sean Manaya. But the Mets are on their quest now for the 2022 World Series. So let's get into some of these rule changes as I almost knock all my stuff over. The runner on second to start extra innings is officially gone. Good. That was the stupidest thing ever. If one of, if not the stupidest things Major League Baseball has ever done in the history of the sport was implementing the runner on second to start extra innings. Doubleheaders instead of seven innings will now be nine inning games. The Universal DH is in, which we were kind of expecting. A full 162 game season. This is awesome for Major League Baseball. Now, some of the big things were pitch clocks. Uh, the international draft was the big thing at the end. That was the that was. Looked like it could be the final straw. You also had the base sizes to, in terms of helping with in, preventing injuries and things like that. There was a lot going on in these talks. But the baseball gods came down and magically made something happen. And all the beat reporters, the only one that was really reliable was Jeff Passan. And the day yesterday when everything got approved, Jeff Passan's Twitter account got hacked. And when I say he was the only one that was really credible is because all these beat writers were saying like oh we're getting close oh we're not we're far off oh we're getting close again oh now we're actually far off like we were getting giving so much false hope so much mixed signals and Passon was really the only one that was kind of contributing consistently I know Jesse Rogers and Rosenthal and Heyman and all those other guys were contributing a lot to it but it was it was a lot of false hope from the talks it looked like at the original there were three this is it deadlines to play a 162-game season. And each deadline, it seemed like we were going to get baseball back, and then something crazy happened at the end, and we didn't get it back. We were under the assumption that the first two series of the season were going to be canceled, which, looking back on it, I believe Major League Baseball had no intention of that. They planned on using it as a scare tactic with the players' union to get them to come to an agreement. This was... Another deadline was yesterday at 3 p.m. They didn't have a deal. They pretty much 
did on paper have a deal done. They just had to get the final votes and signatures on it. But now we are good to go. Baseball Twitter was in an absolute frenzy yesterday. Baseball Twitter the last 99 days was in an absolute frenzy. And watching all of this unfold was just, it was crazy. I can't wait to see the documentary they make on the 2022 Major League Baseball offseason because these CBA negotiations could have been so much worse, but they didn't start doing any talking until about after 40 days in. So it's really hard to pinpoint who was at fault. It takes two sides to have a negotiation. So I equally blame the players and the owners for the reason that this took as long as it did. The fans, I think, took the biggest loss in all of this. A lot of frustration, a lot of sadness, a lot of lost time, energy, money into all of this. So opening day does get pushed back a little bit, which is okay because we get a full 162-game season. But my, oh, my, is it good to have baseball back. There's going to be a lot going on this upcoming season with um, with the Mets, with play new, a lot of big names in new homes all the new or some of the new rules slash old rules that are re-established with like the double headers it's going to be an awesome year Acuna's back Trout's back Otani hopefully will uh, continue to do his thing baseball right now from a player standpoint is in good hands now all baseball needs is to grow actually grow the game the owners are sit, the owners in the league sit there and say, grow the game, grow the game, this is what we want to do. But during these CBA negotiations, it didn't really seem like that that's what they were gearing towards doing. They had the international draft was the biggest thing, which people felt they were rushing into. They had, uh, bad, they had bad talks over the league minimum salary and with arbitration eligibility and qualifying offers. And the 14-team postseason, now the postseason has increased from 10 teams to 12 teams. So it'll be the three division winners, I believe. And then three wild cards? Is my math right there? Yeah, six from each league makes 12. So three division winners plus three wild cards. You could very well have and the entire AL East, with the exception of the Baltimore Orioles, in the playoffs this year. And same with uh, a bunch of other divisions, like the ALE or the NLE, excuse me, could turn out to be the same way. So it's going to be a super fun and competitive year for Major League Baseball. I'm so happy that baseball is finally, finally back after 100 days. Now we just wait for free agency to unfold. There are a couple. There are a lot of big names that still don't have homes. Carlos Rodon, like we mentioned at the beginning is still um, pending, but it is expected to get done. Now we wait to see. I'm just checking right now to see if anyone else has signed. There's talks between Chris Bryant and the Mariners. All these guys are going to find homes very quickly. The Mets are not in on Chris Bryant, unfortunately. They were in on Carlos Rodon. They were in, but not in on Freddie Freeman. They were, like, curious, but it, nothing's going to happen with that. I don't think the Mets will get Freddie Freeman. If they do, great. 
I just I personally do not think that will happen. Conforto's not expected to stay, unfortunately, which sucks. But there there's a lot of big names available and a lot of names that the Mets can go trade for. There are talks about them trading for Yusei Kikuchi. There are talks of them trading for uh, Josh Hader. He's getting Andrew Chafin. Uh, there's plenty, plenty talent out there for the Mets to add. As But with the expectation being that they're going to... I'm sorry, this my cat is getting in the way here. There's the expectation that the Mets will add more to an already stacked lineup. They already have the fourth best odds to win the World Series this year behind the Dodgers, Astros, and I believe the White Sox round out the top four. So, Uncle Steve Cohen, the luxury tax threshold was the other thing. The In a nutshell, Steve Cohen comes in, he came to spend, he came to win, and baseball simply wasn't ready for it. And now the luxury tax rules have changed, really only affecting the Mets and Dodgers because of how much they, and the Yankees, with how much they spend. More so this time around with the Mets and Dodgers because of how high their payroll is. Steve Cohen is expected to continue to add to that payroll with whatever else, whatever other holes the Mets need filled. Dom, JD, and Jeff McNeil, one of those three is expected to be gone. Marcus Stroman is gone, which... As much as I loved Stroh, it is turning out to be a blessing in disguise that Stroman will not be a New York Met in 2022, and I'm sure that'll cause a little bit of controversy as well. But there is a lot of optimism with this team, and it is going to be a very competitive year in baseball. I really don't see... The Mets have probably set the bar right now, if I'm being honest. The Mets have set the bar as to, we're here to win, we're here to win now. The rest of the league has to follow suit. Now, you're going to have the White Sox, who are super young, coming in there competing. You're going to have the Dodgers and Padres. You're going to have the Brewers and the Braves, the defending champs, and then the AL, you, which is a lot more competitive. you got pretty much the entire AL East, with the exception of the Orioles, the Mariners. you got the A's. The Angels can compete this year. Houston. There's a lot of competitive baseball to be played, especially in the American League. The National League is kind of... I don't want to say set in stone, but you have an idea who's coming out of the National League in October. The American League, you re- it's really every anyone with the exception of, if I think off the top of my head, maybe four teams, four or five teams, is realistically alive for postseason baseball. And with the expanded playoffs, we're going to get two additional teams, one from each league. So that'll be... That'll be uh, an exciting thing to watch as the season unfolds. Now we got to see where a lot of these big-name stars go. Chris Bryant, I wish the Mets would make a move and go get Chris Bryant. But, you know, I'm very comfortable with Eduardo Escobar resuming, uh, taking over everyday third base roles. I know the Mets are, Cano is back, but I don't see the Mets really having a fit for Cano, if I'm being honest. Cano might be good off the bench, good bench bat to have, or maybe they'll use him as a trade piece, but I do not see Cano starting every day. I would still start McNeil at second base, Escobar at third, then you got Lindor at short, Alonzo at first. Maybe you DH, but if you DH, you're probably DH and Dom or J.D. Davis, depending on who you keep. So where does Cano fit into all of this? Maybe Cano... uh, 
DHs and then you platoon with Dom and Pete at first and then but you got to keep Pete in the lineup every day so maybe you'll have him DH there's a lot of big decisions the Mets have to make which is a good thing to have they're gonna have to have a lot of tough decisions to make unfortunately but they are in a great spot from a roster standpoint going into 2022 and I am super excited to see what this team can do. I am super excited for April to come so we can have opening day. And I'm super excited to cover all of it with you guys as the year goes on. Weekly episodes are now back. Baseball is back. Make sure you follow on Twitter at RTA underscore pod. Subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow on TikTok at Raise the Apple where there will be more content that's not always on the podcast. And make sure... You guys keep clicking that like button, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Let's go Mets.